Thank you for tuning in to the Remodel Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and encourages your daily life. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to come here, come into this house, Lord, and and just visit, just a fellowship, Lord, just to, to see faces and just to be thankful that, that we're able to get up out of bed, just to get in our vehicles or walk and get here. Just come in through these doors and worship you, God, because you are an awesome God. And Jesus, you are an awesome Jesus, Lord. We just, we just thank you for the steps that you took, Lord, to, to go up that mountain to be, to be beat for, for our sickness, for our, our guilty sins. And God, we just ask that you just continue to forgive us where we fail you. God, I ask you just anoint my message and let it be for someone in this room. God, for those that aren't here, I just ask that you just let them know somehow that we miss them, that we love them and we're praying for them. God, for EJ... Going again on a trip, Lord, I just ask that you just anoint him, Lord, doing great things, doing a mighty work for you, going out time and time after again, leaving his family to do your work, God. I just ask that you just bless him and bless that family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So in verse 14, again, it says, pursue peace with all people and holiness, um, and without which no one will see the Lord. So why do we... Why do we uh, pursue peace and, and holiness to people? Because without peace, without holiness, we're not going to be able to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. You know, if we're not good witnesses, if, if, if we can't forgive, if we can't show mercy, then, then we're going to be lost. We're not going to do God's work. We're not going to do the things that He wants us to do. And why do we want to do this? The, the main goal is salvation. Um, not just for ourselves, but for our friends, for our enemies, co-workers, you know, family. Um, the list goes on and on. But yet, so many times we stay a little bitter and, and we don't pursue. We don't want to take that step because, because we're afraid. Maybe we're afraid we're going to fall. Um, Maybe we're, we're it's, not, it's not the thought of falling, I think, that hurts us the most. I think it's the, fault, the, the thought of someone else seeing us fall. Because we can get back up, and we can dust ourselves off most of the time. But it's that person over there looking down on you, grinning, laughing. Yeah, good try. Here you fell again. You know what? It's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. I know I've came a long ways, still fall every day. But that's okay. That's what we're going to do. In verse 15, it says, Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. You see, what usually happens when we get bitter is we turn into a different person. We get mad, 
we throw fits, we throw tantrums, and uh, I'm just going to use myself for for an example. Um, God has changed me, and God can use me, and and I see people in here that that I care not and I love a lot for that that quite honestly I didn't know that that might would ever make it. You know, I can see in the future maybe my father-in-law coming through the doors. You know, I, I can see them reaching people that I can't. But the thing is, if I'm not careful when, when something causes me to be bitter, when something comes into my life, maybe it's a fight, fight with my wife or, or maybe something going on at work, if I'm not careful, I can defile many because... Even though it's okay for me for me to mess up, even though God forgives me time and time and time again, I still want to present myself. I still want to be careful because a lot of people look at me. I'm sure, and and again, it's okay to fail, but yet I got to get back up. You know, I, we've got to humble ourselves. We've got to be humble and let them know that you know we're not perfect, but I'm going to strive on. I'm going to get up. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other, and I'm going to keep going. And that's what we got to do. So what happens when, when we have some kind of trouble or some kind of change or some kind of trend? Something new happens in our lives. And, and I don't necessarily mean trouble like, like the bitterness. But what do we do? What we do is we neglect God. And that's what I want to talk about today is neglecting God. Because um, you, you see, when, when something happens and, and we're at that low moment, we tend to put all of our thoughts, all of our emotions on that thing. You know, uh, maybe kids are fixing to go to college or maybe there's a huge change in, in work or whatever the change is. Maybe something new comes up that's great, but yet we tend to neglect God. We, we put all of our focus on that thing that, that's causing the change. Um, so again, we take our focus off God and we put our focus on everything else in our lives. I'm not saying it's bad, necessarily bad, but yet we're neglecting God. Um, the word neglect, the, the, it's, it's a lack of due care and concern often resulting in an unintended injury to another. What happens when, when we neglect to change the brakes or change the oil or take care of our vehicles? It's eventually, it's going to break down. It's going gonna, it's gonna to tear up. It's going to leave you stranded. And we can be the same way without God when we neglect God. The more we push him aside, the more we, the less we seek him, the more we're going to break down. The more we're going to tear down. True. And you think about windows. You know, well, it's just a window, but it's dirty. What does a window do? It's something for you to look through. Maybe give you a little bit of protection. Maybe a little dingy or dirty. But what windows are for? To look through. You know, you want to look through. But sometimes when you're looking through, maybe, maybe you don't get the, the full visibility of what you need to see. Maybe you can't see really what's going on inside. And maybe those inside can't really see what's going on outside. 
And that's the way we are. When we neglect God, we become a little foggy, a little dirty. And then again, when I'm holding something in or you're holding something in, you're not doing any justice. Because if people are seeing something only on the outside and they can't believe what's going on on the inside, then you're leading them down the wrong path. You're leading them down the wrong path. And the truth is, all of us, all of us can be two different people, three different people, four different people. It depends who we're with at that time. Maybe we're at that work event, and I'm with these two or three people that, that are cut-ups, they talk ugly, and maybe I get caught up in it, and I joke and laugh and say things I shouldn't say just because they're there. But on the other side of the spectrum... Maybe, maybe I'm hanging out with the, the, the people from church and the pastor and, and his wife and their kids. And I'm good here. I'm okay here. So why do we change? Why are we two different people? The reason is, it's because we neglect God. We know what He tells us to do, but yet we neglect Him. So I'm going to ask you this morning... Where do you neglect God in your life? And it's going to be quiet for like 30 seconds here. But maybe last week, or the last 10 years, or the last morning, the last month, the last 30 minutes, just take a few seconds and ask yourself, where have I neglected God? How have I neglected God? And as you're thinking about this, do you consider your, your relationship with God a priority? Is your relationship with God a priority? Or is your relationship with everything else in this world a priority? You know, we all have things that that mean a lot to us. We all have reasons why we do things because we feel that we're honestly doing something good. This is what we care about. And uh, I came across this this the other day. And and I I just copied it off, and I'm going to read it. And it's a devotional. And as I read it, it's going to affect most of y'all in this room. Maybe not all of you, but something I'm fixing to read about, it's going to trigger something. It may make you think, wow, that's me, or wow, that was me just this morning or, or last week. But listen to these words. Family is a noble cause, but it's not the spring of living water. For 18 years, my constant concern has been one or both of my children. I just dropped off my oldest child at college. My second child is about to turn 16 and start driving. The illusion of control has slipped away. My temptation is to look to my family's well-being as my source of life. If they are doing well, then I seem to be doing well. If one of them is a wreck, then I'm a wreck. The reality is that we're all looking somewhere for our source of true life. 
You may be looking now to your job, to your spouse, maybe to your friends, or even your bank account. Maybe it's the activities that bring your satisfaction and meaning. But like family, all of these things are gifts from our Heavenly Father. These gifts can exit our lives just as fast as they entered. Our health can be compromised. Maybe someone passes away. A child can derail. A relationship can end. And we are left empty. But if you think about it, they were, they were broken cisterns that could never hold water anyways. You see, is this devotional not true? Because this is what we think of. We think of our families. We think of our kids. We think of our work all the time. And we press so hard to march forward to make them even better. To look for the future. And we forget to thank God for giving them to us anyways. We forget to thank God for allowing our kids to be smart. For giving us the opportunity to raise them. We neglect God again and again and again. And like I said, they're not promised to us. But yet when when one derails, or someone passes away, or something inflicts our life in a terrible way, all we do is think of the negative. You know, we get over it sometimes eventually, but we stay bitter. But even though these gifts, these gifts are from God, how often do you really tell Him thank you? How often do you just say, God, look at, look at my beautiful baby. When you look at your child sleeping there on the couch, or how often do you think, God, thank you. Thank you for my sons. You know, when my grandpa passed away in a deer stand in 2010 and I went up there to get him out, I screamed and I yelled. First responders wouldn't even come out there. My uncle Bill come out there and he said, Jamie, he said, you know, this is what he would have wanted. He's not in a hospital. He's not laying here suffering. He's gone. He's going to be with the Lord. And for a few days, I was bitter, probably a few weeks. But then I got to thinking, thank you, God. Because I didn't have to go see him in a nursing home. I didn't have to see him suffering there in a bed. He went out doing what he loved to do. And that was a blessing from God. And we've all got instances like that in our lives. You know, we want to hurt. We want to be mad. But instead, we we should be thankful. You know... You've got parents that's lost young ones or babies and and they're so bitter. But yet you should be thankful, you know, because you had that baby that time. And everything happens for a reason. Yet we don't understand it. We've got to believe that. So we shouldn't neglect God. We should say, thank you. We should say, thank you. So let me ask you another question. Have you ever had a a poor, pitiful me party? I'm sure everybody in this room has. And, uh, but, but where does it end up, you know? How, how does it, uh, how do you take care of it? Do you take care of it in a godly way? Or do you take care of it in a worldly way? Um, 
For instance, the, the other day, it was, I think, last week, week before last, and and I was worked some fourteen, fifteen hour days, and and I was cranky, and and I was I was just ready to come home. I, I was tired of being two hours away. I was tired of going to sleep in the camper, waking up in the camper after a sixteen hour day, and uh, and I was struggling. I was hurting, and and I. Re- and I did the right thing. I didn't neglect God. You know, I, I didn't ask the wrong people. I, I didn't listen to Satan. You know, I didn't just quit and come home. But I got to thinking, you know, God, what does God say to do? He says to reach out for your, to your godly friends for help, for support. And there's about three or four of them that, that really, really lead me along. Two of them's in here today and two of them's not. The first one I reached out to was my wife. And, and I said, hey, um, I said, I'm ready to come home. I said, I'm tired. I said, I'm sick of it. I'd rather be there with you and the boys. And, and she told me, oh, oh, loves, it'll be okay. That was, that was what she said. But any other time, she would have been like, why don't you just come home? Why don't you just quit and come home? But at this time, she spoke something different. And it wasn't great words of wisdom. It was just, oh, loves, you'll be okay. But you know what? That told me that, that she was thinking about me. That told me that she was praying for me. It told me that, that she was there and she was, she was caring. But she didn't tell me to just to come home for a reason. Because all I would have had to do was sing those words and I would have probably came. And then I, I reached out to uh, some of the other guys and told them the same thing. I was struggling this and that. And one of them said, you know what, brother? He said, um, I'll pray for encouragement. I'll pray for strength and, uh, you know, just that, that you will have rest. And then the other one said, hey, hey, don't, don't make a decision. Don't make a decision based, and it was EJ that told me this. He said, don't make a decision based on your low moment right now. He said, take some time, get off to the side, think, pray, and everything will be okay. And that's what I did. I got off to the side. So I didn't neglect God at that time. I listened. My wife's words meant something. Their words meant something. And I got to thinking, wow, what if I'd have just quit and come home? How would I have made my payments? What would I have done then? The fights would have been worse. The struggles would have been worse. But because I chose to go the other way, and I prayed, and I got a little more rest, things were okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I would love to come back to Hatton and and work under Solomon. But that's not where God wants me right now. And then I got to thinking about the people that I get a chance to talk to over there. About God. And and the way that that I come across to them maybe is, is different than anything they've seen. So what I'm getting at is we've got to listen to God. 
Do we always do it? No. Could it easily went the other way? Yes. So how do we neglect? James 2.14 says, Dear brothers and sisters, what is, what is the use of saying you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions? That kind of faith can't save anyone. How many times have, have you known somebody that's going through something or whether it's your child or a friend and, and, and we just spat the words out, oh, just have faith in God, it'll be okay. Just, you just got to have faith. But, but my question to you is, do you really mean those words that you just said? Do you know that that's just a popular saying in the Bible? That, uh, well, this, this might help them, maybe they need to hear this. Or do you mean it? Do you honestly believe that God can take care of this? Do you honestly believe that God can take care of that? You see, we need to be careful with our words. Because um, what good does it tell me to tell my boys, you've got to love God and you've got to do this, you've got to do that, if I don't do it myself? If I don't prove it myself? Saying that, they're my worst critics because those are the ones that's also there that see me fail. And we got this saying, um, and man, they use it on me all the time now. I almost wish I hadn't have said it. When we start talking bad about somebody or this or that, I asked one time, I said, have you all invited them to church? And now every time they get the chance, they do the same thing to me. And, uh, but that's what it's about. That's what it's about. So be careful with your words. Mean what you say and say what you mean. Because if you're not, you're not doing what God wants you to do. You're not really believing what God wants you to believe. Um, you know, we went and watched, um, I can only imagine, uh, last, yesterday evening. And man, what an awesome movie. What an awesome movie. Um, of course, I cried. My wife cried, everybody. But it had a meaning. And I got to thinking this morning when I was sitting in the recliner, I was reflecting on the movie, and I was like, man, you know what? It was so easy to sit there and watch that movie because it was just good. The story was good. Um, the quality was good. They spent a lot of money on this movie, and it was easy to watch. And I was thinking this morning, you know, I, I could watch movies like that all the time. If those come on TV like that all the time, I could watch them. But yet, you know, when you look at the poor quality movies and, and, and they're on, they're on your satellite. You've got Christian channels. Do you stop and watch the story of Daniel or, or whatever's on? Or do you flip on over there to that high quality movie, Transformers or, or whatever? It's just the way that we neglect God. You know, it's easy. It's easy to do something that really catches your eye. It's really easy to watch something that really catches your eye. You think about this Bible. This is the truth. This is what you should read. So do you spend your time reading that? Or do you spend your time doing this?
That's neglecting God. And I'm not just saying that, I'm saying everything we do. I stayed up till midnight. I actually give this message a little differently at the Methodist church last weekend. And my point was I stayed up till midnight the night before trying to finish it up. And I kind of knew what I was going to talk over, but because I neglected God. And, and my wife and the boys had went to the school to, to feed their little classroom animals and, and stuff. And, and I got on my knees beside the bed. And I said, God, I said, I know I've neglected you. I know I should have done had this message ready. But here I did. I waited to the last minute again. The last minute to do his work. But yet I stand up here and I tell you the good things of God. But so many times I neglected in my life too. But we got to get away from that. But you know what? God, give me the words to say. God answered my prayers. And He can do the same thing in your lives as long as you let Him. So I'm guessing by now, you've done decided where you've, where you've neglected God in your lives. I bet you've done thought, well, yeah, I did do this and I did do that. But my question is, what are you going to do to change it? Are you going to keep neglecting? Or are you going to try to grow? Because as long as we neglect God, things are going to continue to go downhill. We can all come to church every week, two or three times. But outside of church is where where it really matters. Who are you calling? Who are you helping? Who are you talking to? What are you doing? How often do you better your relationship with God? I'm not talking about just being a witness to others. What about yourself? What about your own soul? You pray, God, give me the words to talk to this person, but yet you're too lazy to read the Bible. The words are right here. The answers for people are right here. But yet we neglect them so many times. So many times. Because it's just boring. It's boring to read 2 Kings and and 1 Samuel and Numbers and Deuteronomy. It's boring. How do you expect to, to reach your children and those people that you love the most? Consequences of neglect. Ecclesiastes 10.18 Laziness lets the roof leak and soon, soon the raptors begin to rot. You see, we come to church and we see so many times people will come for a month or a few weeks and you're feeling good. Things are going great. But then we get a little bit lazy We decide to take this Sunday off. We decide to put this thing before God. And before you know it, we completely lose focus of Him again. A leaky roof will make your rafters rot eventually. If you don't take care of it. 
But you know what? You've got Stop Leak, you've got Silicone, you've got new shingles, and you've got a Jesus. So what do you decide to do with it? That's the question you've got to ask yourselves. What is important? Proverbs 21, 13 says, Those who shut their ears to the cries of the poor will be ignored in their time of need. You see, there's a whole lot of people out there that need help. And I'm not necessarily talking about people that doesn't have a home or people that's, that's really bad off on drugs. I'm talking about just simple people, people that's got it, you know. You know, you may have this guy down the road that's living just right. And man, he is a community man. He's at every outing. He's there to help. He, he lends money. He, he fixes stuff for other people. But people like that really need help. Those are the people that we can't give up on. We've got to explain to them, you know, just being a good man's not going to get you to heaven. And then you got the other side of the spectrum where you've got the rich guy that's got everything he needs. He's got the new truck, the new cars, the big bank account, but yet he's miserable. Those people are crying for help. But those are the people that's, that's hard to go talk to. You know why? Because maybe we're a little too jealous. Well, look what he's got. He don't need no help. If you wasn't neglecting God, you'd get, a, you'd get, a, you'd get away from that thought. And you would say, wow, man, this guy's really struggling. This guy really needs me. What can I do? Maybe a card, maybe a phone call. Everyone needs help. The very first word in the verses today was pursue. Pursue means to seek after, to sought out, to get something. So what are you pursuing this morning? What is your objective? Pay the house off early? Save up enough money for that vacation a couple months down the road? Or is it to better your life and to better those around you by worshiping God, by praying to God, by being a witness for God. All of these things are opposite of neglect. We all do it. And we all are going to fail. But instead of when that person's down, instead of kicking them or putting your foot on their back, help them up. That's the time to admit your faults too. Don't discourage them. Don't talk bad about them. Help them. This is the end of the message. For more information, go to www.thurmanmodelchurch.com.